turn in, in your Bibles to the book of Colossians. And if, when you find it, Colossians chapter 1. We're not going to live here um, today, but we're going to start here. We're starting a series called Galactic Starveyors. There it is. VBS Stories Explored. I wish I could say I came up with that title, Galactic Starveyors. But no, this is our VBS theme that's a month away. We're going to just bring, you know, a lot of focus to the children in our church and the children of our community for five intense mornings in a row. We're we're just going to live out this theme. And so for the last couple years, we've been bringing the stories in a little bit earlier into the life of the church. You know, that's so that the teachers can start to live in this theme and get excited about it and start to nuance how they're going to teach this thing, this thought to, you know, whether it be a three-year-old or a sixth grader, they're going to communicate it to their level. Um, but also, more than that, we, as a church, we're going to be part of this together, and we're going, to, we're going to enter into these stories as a church. There's something here for all of us that we would come um, like children. So the theme is Galactic Starveyors. The theme verse is Colossians chapter 1. And actually, it's verses 15 and 16 are sort of the um, kind of the, the motto is where, it, where the motto of the, the, the theme verse and the motto come out of these verses. We're not going to um, uh, go into this passage, but what this passage implies is what we are going to go into, which is how we image God as his creation. So as I read this, this is speaking about Jesus Christ and um, I want to read it over you, not as like a theological document, um, though it is that, and, but read it over you as the gospel, the good news. This, this Paul, after working out Christ's life, is, um, is within, the gospel is right here within these verses. So as we read it, um, just allow it to be read over you. And allow the Spirit of God a work in the reading of his word. He is the image of the invisible God. He's speaking about Jesus Christ here. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. This is the gospel, and he goes on to talk about how we're no longer alienated because of the resurrection. We have been um, reconciled to God. But he starts with this thought, the image of the invisible God is made visible 
through the life of Jesus Christ. And that's the motto of the, of the VBS, is that um, Jesus Christ makes the invisible God visible, okay? Jesus makes the eternal, invisible God visible through his life and through his death, the way he lived, the way he died, and how he rose again and reconciled um, all of creation to himself. That's, that, is what is, that is the road we're on. Um, now, even Jesus' own disciples were challenged by this. At one point in John 14, Jesus is like really just laying it all out there. This is the way it is. And the way is that I am the way. I am the way and the truth to life to the Father. Jesus said, I am the way to the Father. And then um, right after that, the next, in the next phrase, Philip, one of his disciples, says, well, Jesus, if you're the way to the Father, then okay, that's great. Just show us the Father and then we'll be done. And, and this is where um, Jesus rebukes Philip. He says, Philip, haven't you been with me long enough to know by now that when you see me, you see the Father? I am in the Father. The Father is in me. We are one. We are completely unified. In fact, I am the image of the invisible God. When you see me, you see God the Father. Even his own disciples struggled with this concept. Um, so we're going to work back toward the idea through this um, lens of how we've been created in the image of God. So you can turn back to um, the beginning of the Gospel of John. We'll, we'll go there first, just for briefly. Um, so turn back to the last Gospel. The Gospel of John starts differently than the other three Gospels. So we have the synoptics, which are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and, Matthew, Mark, and, Luke, and, and they tell the story of Jesus. The Gospel of John uh, also tells the story, but from a different perspective. And Mark starts, the first way Mark starts is Jesus is an adult on the scene at the inauguration of his ministry. The Gospel is here. The proclaiming Gospel of Jesus' life is Mark. And then Matthew and Luke start more in the Jewish storyline, the, the Hebrew people. Matthew starts with the lineage of Jesus, that he is in the line of Abraham, their father, the line of David, their king. And then Luke starts with these um, prophetic stories about how in this storyline, Jesus has been foretold through the prophets. But the Gospel of John starts differently. He starts at the beginning. John 1, 1. This is how um, he starts his, his gospel. The gospel according to John. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. Sounds familiar. And without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. That light shines in the darkness. The darkness has not overcome it. You skip down to verse 14. Now he, he, he explains the word. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory. Glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. He goes on a verse later and he says, We have all received grace upon grace at the arrival of the son of God, Jesus Christ. The word made flesh. And then verse 18 
No one has ever seen God. No, none of us have seen God except through the life of Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. So Jesus' life makes the invisible God visible. And John was starting his gospel at the beginning. So now we can turn back to Genesis chapter 1. Probably the easiest place to find in the Bible, which is nice. I always love when it's like something like that, easy to find. <sighs> um, so Genesis 1, Genesis 1.1, many of us are familiar with this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So the Gospel of John, in the beginning, the Word, he's he's. He really is making a direct correlation right here to this verse. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then we have the story of creation. We're not going to dive deep into that, except for um, we are going to dive deep into the concept that we as people have been made in the image of God. And on the sixth day, we can skip to verse 26 here in the storyline. This is where we'll spend um, the next few minutes just really thinking about this, what it means to be made in the image of God. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens, over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God continued to speak to them about how they should eat only from um, the trees and the the seed-bearing fruit and vegetables. It's really beautiful. And then um, in verse 31, we see the conclusion of this day. And God saw everything that he had made. And behold, it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning, the sixth day. Genesis, the way it begins, is so beautiful, poetic, and informing about. We have this little glimmer of how the earth was created, and specifically then how we were created in the image of God. So we're going to just move through this idea this morning around four um, capacities or God-given abilities or capabilities that we exhibit or experience because we're made in the image of God. In other words, what does it mean to be made in the image of God, really? And, and the first thing is, um, the, the first capacity that I want to put in front of you is this capacity to see it, to know it, and to um, 
to have eyes to see that you are made in the image of God in terms of how you trace your lineage in humanity. If you, if you trace your lineage as a human being all the way back to the most beginning point, you are made in the image of God. And so the first point is that even in that imaging, the Lord has opened this up to us. Unlike the rest of his creation, who... Now, we could talk about the rest of creation, and that's interesting, but, you know, you can go to the rocks and the trees, and, you know, obviously they don't have a mind to think like we do. I mean, animals become more like us in some ways, and yet they lack the true ability to interact with God like we do, and that's because we image it. So I want to ask you, do you see yourself that way? Do you see yourself made in the image of God? And I, for one, struggle with that concept because I feel very keenly aware that I'm nothing like God in the way that I act sometimes or behave. So because of the brokenness of sin and the way that I continue to, at times, just do not act godly at all. There's nothing godly about that action. And yet, um, I'm created in the image of God. So because of the brokenness and the fall and sin, which we all are pretty well informed about at this point, um, we struggle embracing this identity of being made in the image of God. And, and really, it's only going to come through the ultimate restoration, which we already spoke about at the beginning. Um, in fact, next week, we're going to talk about brokenness. But today... We're talking more about how the relationship began. So, though the brokenness speaks into that, like, concurrently all the time and impacts how we understand that, the the thing here today is that to, to grasp and to embrace how humanity has been made in the image of God. So that first ability is to see that. And... With each capacity, um, there will be an opposite, and the opposite of, of that is blindness. You know, how much of the world, how much of the world, how, how often do we go about our life not giving any thought that we're made in the image of God? And ha- as you walk through a supermarket or, or any place, there are um, ways that you can walk that will acknowledge that everyone has been made in the image of God. It doesn't mean that you're going to be best friends with everyone. God has given us circles of belonging, like our families, our church, our people, our communities, our workplaces. So, you know, when we drive point A to point B, and all the people in the middle, we don't know them, and we feel, oh, man, I don't know them. Well, you're not supposed to know them necessarily to the depths but yet all, them, all, of, all of those people are made in the image of God. So as you pass by, you know, it's, it's, this is how we live. We pass by and encounter one another all the time. And yet we're all image bearers. So it's, it's like have the freedom to do that. And when you get to point B, those are your people. And yes, you should be known by them and more known by them than others. But we all, all treat each other 
getting on a plane? Are you in group five or six? How, you know, or how do you merge getting on a plane in group five or six, right? There's so many layers to that. Um, and yet, we have this capacity to see it. We've been given that great gift to see that we're made in the image of God. And yet the world is, much of the world, much of, many people are blind to it. Um, the second capacity is that we have been given the ability to relate um, both to one another and to God himself. And you see, we'll see in this scripture here um, a couple of, of hints. And it goes into the phrasing. Verse 26, let us make man in our image. Now, if you know the Hebrew um, storyline and how people, uh, the Hebrew people believe that there's one God, no other God except Yahweh. Here, we have this phrasing, which is challenging, make, let us make man in our image. Now, we have the luxury of looking at that scripture through the lens of Jesus Christ. Um, the Hebrew people didn't have that, but we do. So we can certainly look back at that. Um, let us make man in our image, and we acknowledge that Jesus Christ, as the word, was there at creation. And Jesus and God the Father, the Holy Spirit, um, the way they're unified in, in oneness, and yet they're at creation. There's communication, there's love, and it's mysterious, but it's yet it's, it's, it's how we've been created in that image. So when God says, let us make man in our image, after our likeness, um, the reason that says our, there's, there's lots of ways to think about it. I mean, you can go from like a mythological standpoint, which would be outside the boundary of Christian faith, but a mythological response to this Hebrew text, because people love Genesis, whether they believe in Jesus or not. The, the, the mythological approach is that, well, God, the, the Hebrew God is speaking to the other gods, and he's saying, let us make man in our image. Um, we would reject that. You know, a biblical ad- adaption of that is that, um, that the Lord is speaking to himself. When he creates creation, or when he creates man specifically, he's, he's saying to himself, let us make man in our image. And um, he, the Hebrew there for Elohim is actually plural, so there's another reason that it would be that way. Um, but even the early church fathers noticed this and, and put Jesus there in that conversation. So I think we can certainly have the freedom to do that with John 1.1. 1, 1. Um, although from a purely Hebrew lens, this would have challenged the Hebrew people, this phrasing. And again, they would, they would point at it to Elohim being plural or, or just this conversation that God is having with himself as he creates but we've been created for this capacity with relationship. And um, we see that in the way that God creates us in his reflection. We also see it in the distinction that he makes in creation itself. Male and female, he created them, it says. Um, the only distinction that is first noted is the, the, the difference between male and female. So at this point, male and female are created in the image of God. 
And that's, at the beginning point, that's the main thing to understand. Um, the animals are, are divided by kinds and species, almost like race. But humanity is not divided by race based on it's the way that it images God. It's, it's defined upon um, this distinction between male and female. And this points to relationship because every person relates um, through their mother, mother, through their father, through their brother, through their sister in the context of marriage. We have um, a very clear understanding from Scripture that um, this is relationship in life is how we interact as, as male and female. It also has to do with what we're called to do, to go and multiply and fill the earth. And that has been um, embedded in our image from the beginning uh, to allow us to go and do what we're called to do. So we see these two things, this plurality that we see in what we, what we point to as, as Christ being present and the Spirit being present at creation, the love and, com- and community and communication that is there before creation that exists. And then we see the distinction in creation, being male and female, as another opportunity for us to reflect the likeness of God and the way that we relate to one another. And so the sort of the opposite of that idea for relationship is to be um, alienated or isolated from God. Often as Christians, believers will say, we want everyone to have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And that's absolutely true. However, it, the, the statement, and I want to go to a place and then we'll come back again, okay? So, there's, so the place I want to go to is that everyone is in relation to God right now. There's no one that's not in relation to God. Um, God's made it very clear from his word and from the storyline that we have that we're created in his image and we're image bearers and we have this capacity for relationship. And yet um, much of the world feels isolated from their creator. And yet to be isolated is to be in relation to God. It's just the wrong relation, right? It's being outside the family. It's being... Um, you know, the, the prodigal son who's run away and is no longer part of the family. Um, there's this separation that exists. Um, but at the name of Jesus, every tongue will confess, every knee will, will bow and, and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And that, that is the unifying thing that brings us back into what, as Christians, what we would say is right relationship or a good relationship with God through the Son. And so what this says, though, is that this concept of the way we've been created in God's image is one of the primary entry points of how we come back to God through this image. And this is what Jesus did. He's making the invisible God visible. And this gets to um, our last third and fourth point, um, 
they kind of got combined. There's still three and four points, but, you know, I want to be a good, good preacher and have kind of three points. But the third and fourth is that we have this capacity um, to receive blessing from God and to be a blessing and also to respond to him in worship. And, and we see this in the text here. After God created, he, he blessed them. And then he spoke to them. In the creation account, it may, it may not jump at you right now, but and God blessed them is, is a breaking away. It's, it's an abrupt thought in the sequence of creation. God blessed them. The first thing that he does is he blesses. And then he says, and then he speaks. In that blessing, he speaks to them which again is a turn. At this point, the word has created, but now he turns to his creation. He speaks to them. And he says, be fruitful and multiply. That's the blessing that we are to the earth. In fact, reign over the earth. Subdue it. This is, this is all yours. This is your kingdom. And you are my image and my likeness to the world. Um, image and likeness the words there are, those are good translations. Image and likeness are probably the best English words we could put there. So just accept that thought that we've been made in the image of God, been made in his likeness. And um, to be made in the image of God is to um, carry some, some resemblance of God so that the image is a resemblance it can also be translated idol. So we've been given this ability to be a blessing as God's image bearers. But the, the great tragedy is that we have turned to idolatry in our own lives. And in one way or another, we've worshipped the creation rather than the creator. So the Hebrew people, unlike the rest of the people around them, we're not to make idols or images of, of something fabricated on earth to represent God because they carried the very image of God in themselves, in their likeness, in, in the way that they were like God and in his image. They were, it's, it's not the way we would say it, but they were idols. Um, in other words, it's like the same word they just, they were not idols in the sense that God, obviously, that God would worship them as idols. They were idols in the sense that they represented God. And, and again, we wouldn't use that word. We would say likeness and image, because that's a better word to describe what's actually happening. But you can see the nuance of how, how it can so quickly get off track. When we represent God and his image and his likeness, we so quickly are drawn into making that an idol, like an image idol that we worship. We worship ourselves because there's actually something about us that's like God. But um, I would say the way that we image God is those, those four things that we've talked about already, which is we have this amazing ability to see and to think about and internalize and respond to that we are made in God's likeness. There's something about us that's like him. 
both in the way that we've been called to be a blessing in the earth, like he is a blessing, and also in a way that we've been called into relationship, like he is already in relationship. So God is love, and we can, we can love because God first loved. You know what I mean? So that it's there. And um, these are the four kind of markers of that, that thought that we identify and image God to the world. And, and then we have what I would call the luxury of Scripture, the luxury of the full account of God's story and his word. And we get to study it and think about it. And it points us so clearly to Jesus Christ as the image of the invisible God. And how we are then able to to reconnect and rejuvenate and bring new life to our original intent, which is to be image bearers of God, to be worshipers of him, to receive that blessing from him, and then to be a blessing to others. And so I want to just challenge you as we close. I'm going to invite um, Yael, our song leader, up and and just, I want to invite you into that thought this morning. Um, where in your life do you need to consider once again that you are made in the image of God? Now, again, next week, there's sort of a big piece of this, which is brokenness and sin. I've mentioned it. We're all familiar with it, like I said. But um, that's part of our reconciliation is, is um, allowing Jesus Christ to turn what's broken and to restore um, new life in us. But um, I think so much can be found in the way that we think of ourselves as bearing the image of God. And through Jesus Christ, we can get that right. So if you would stand, we're going to um, sing two choruses. The first is... um, Um, I'm no longer a slave to fear, but I'm a child of God. And, you know, we've been invited to see ourselves once again as God's children through Jesus Christ and being part of his family. And this is um, a call to respond to his holiness and uh, how amazing it is that we've been made in the image of God and how much that should really drive us to worship him. So allow me to pray. Lord, we give you... um, just these closing thoughts and these closing songs. God, we're so grateful that you made us in your image. And Lord, through all of the fallen ways that that is broken in our life, we confess and bring before you. Um, But we thank you and we praise you for Jesus Christ who, who is the image of the invisible God and his life, his death, the account that we have of it, is more than enough, Lord, to understand who you are as Father. And when we see the Son, we see the Father because of the unity that you have. And we just thank you for your Spirit, the Spirit of Christ and the Holy Spirit that's been given to your church to, um, so that we would continue to, to be on earth image bearers, that we would bring blessing, not cursing, to the earth. Lord, that we would worship you for who you are. And we pray all this in Jesus' name.